Welcome to iFollow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 64 of iFollow. Uh, we have quite the week of updates um, this week in technology. Uh, but first and foremost, I'm joined by none other than Jeff. How's it going? It's going great, Matt. I'm liking these two-man shows that we got going. It's nice to we get got... a nice little one-on-one on tech. I'll have to do the numbers, but we've quite a few where it's just you and I, yeah. and I've enjoyed every one. Well, it's a one-on-one on one because we have the chat as well, who's contributed right. several times. But um, right. but yeah, you're the one I can hear, so I can... That's, that's what counts, right? I feel the chat right here, right here in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... um. So this was a busy, busy week. Uh, we have some news from well, the Twitch news, and it's a good thing we. It's kind of a blessing in disguise that we waited for today too, um, is because half of these articles broke today. Um, <laughs> so like a lot of big announcements from the big streaming companies, including uh, Papa Twitch over here, um, and Netflix, and then we have some strange news from Jiffy and Giffy, or however you want to say it. And then leading all the way up to the big event for today, which is the new graphics card announcements, uh, which have me a little bit excited. And I can't wait to get that discussion going. Um, I think that's like inherent for computer enthusiasts. Yeah. New technology comes out that everyone's going to use. You just get yeah. kitty. I was salivating during the whole conference, just like <laughs> at, at like just what these things are capable of. But um, and for anybody who's listened to some of the earlier episodes where we've talked computer hardware, um, we we all like it. So we could probably go at length talking <laughs> about the various computer hardware. But I think. Um, Without further ado, we should probably jump straight into the first topic, though. Yeah, and I um, think it's one that whether you're a computer nerd or not, you'll resonate with. Yeah, so uh, Netflix is going to start advertising itself within Netflix. So um, <laughs> they're testing some users. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't think I had a chance to see exactly what region, but it said a small handful of users. Um, they're going to be injecting ads um, in between episodes, uh, for their, like, for just other original series on Netflix, which is kind of annoying, um, considering that was the thing that separated them from other services. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, like, would this make you use Netflix less knowing that they're doing this or? So it might, it depends how they unroll it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the kind of thing where it's going to interrupt me in the middle of an episode of a show I'm watching to advertise something else. That's a big turn off for me with what I like about Netflix. Um, if it's something where I think it, I've heard that it was compared to how they do previews when you're in the menu screen looking for something to watch and it auto plays the show right. that you're selecting and something like that doesn't sound bad to me. But mm. if it's if it's going to get in the way of my Netflix experience and what the whole point of Netflix is, is to, you know, escape, escape real life and, you know, delve into a show that you enjoy. And mm -hmm. four hours later, it's time for you to go to bed. That's, you know, <laughs> and then that time continues and you're still watching the same show. Right. And, you know, four hours after that, then you actually go to bed. Yeah, that's if, only if, logical, uh, though. I think that they're going to get a lot of backlash if it's the kind of situation where they're going to yeah. interrupt streaming. And um, especially since this came from user reports and yeah. not actually from Netflix at first, which is so, kind of shady and a little bit weird. They did clarify, but 
yeah, it's a little... but you should announce that kind of change beforehand mm-hmm. for sure um yeah. if what i'm thinking is that it would be something where in between episodes maybe you have to watch like 15 minutes of a netflix commercial i guess we're gonna call it even though that's not what they're calling it yeah um and that i could deal with i think or maybe like yeah or maybe like instead of the like are you still alive pop-up that netflix gives you when you're watching shows every like three episodes they'll just hit you with an ad and then be like hey you still there like we noticed you you didn't yeah that's what they should do they should play an ad and you can skip it if you're still watching Mm -hmm. that would be fun yeah if you're not then you're you know subconscious is going to take in whatever advertisement they want you to yeah netflix if you want to reach out to us for ideas we're full of them so don't worry about it we can we can talk we can get these conversations going between us and you yeah so um they're the the defense that netflix gave because they eventually did come out with this uh publicly the defense that they offered was that it they're experimenting whether these ads uh, quote-unquote ads are going to be more focused as um like recommendations for new shows that you may be interested in because these are supposed to be targeted towards shows that you'd be likely to see so like uh for example um they were giving unskippable ads for the amc series better call saul it was between episodes of rick and morty um and they were saying it was on the netflix smart tv app um in the uk uh, but so it's like, it seems like the shows are kind of in the same ballpark. Um, so it was in between, but then again, you get some other stuff where you get a true crime series. I am a killer in between episodes of Bob's burgers. So yeah. like it that, can, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. And I, I don't know what insatiable is, but apparently in between episodes of shameless, someone got that as a suggestion. Um, and I guess that answers our question, at least in these early stages of trials, that they are advertising in between episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, sometimes I pause an episode when it's starting so I can, you know, go get a drink or use the bathroom or something. So if I have to let a advertisement play, it's not the end of the world. It's not like cable where you're going to have to watch something every yeah. four minutes. Mm-hmm. But I, I, th- I think this is ultimately going to hurt Netflix if they're going to decide to try to roll this out globally. Yeah. Um, just because off of what I was kind of saying at the beginning of this, at the head of this topic that like, this is really what set them apart from like Hulu and, uh, HBO and all these other companies that had like an, that included like advertisements in their like most expensive tiers where it's annoying and people want to pay that money so they don't have to see ads. Yeah. And it's a premium feature. So I would think if you're a Netflix subscriber, maybe this Mm -hmm. shouldn't apply to you that's where the backlash is going to come in. Yeah. Um, advertising is obviously another source of revenue for Netflix. And if you're a paying customer, I don't see why you should fall in that umbrella. However, if like we were discussing off air, um, it's something like Hulu where it's a, a free access to their service and you have to watch ads as a result of that, that would make more sense to me. Yeah. Um, but, but here it seems like they're pushing their own shows and forcefully doing it. Yeah, and there's no real specifics either, and that's the thing that I'm confused about is like they're saying that this is a test, and they're very emphas or they're heavily emphasizing the word test, and they're not offering details on what kinds of users, the geographic rollout that they're that they may or may not be doing, or if they're rolling it out to certain devices like smart TVs or game consoles or stream boxes or phones. They haven't like said where 
they're testing this, but people have been seeing this on smart TVs and um, yeah. in random areas. And there's a couple of Reddit threads that are hyperlinked in this Ars Technica article that kind of go into detail and more anecdotal stuff. But um, yeah, I, I don't, like I said, if I don't see this ending well for Netflix, if they want to do this, just because like that, that was one of my draws to Netflix is that I don't have ads and I can watch all these great movies and shows. So and they make enough yeah. money on the shows themselves. They've been they've been like straight killing it with their originals, with like yeah. I yeah. don't really know what their need for this is. I feel like they ha- like maybe it's because some shows flop that they make like they don't get enough attention. But mm-hmm. they have so many shows that do so well that I can't see them needing this. Yeah, yeah. And chat's right. It's a slippery slope because cable didn't have any ads originally as well and now yeah. look now look okay what's mostly advertisements was, it's literally mostly advertisements if, yeah. if you go to sit down and watch an episode of something you're going to hear the same commercial eight times by the time you get through one episode yeah so I, I watched a show on youtube tv and i had my first like experience of advertisements again and i was like yeah. weird that was a interesting show that happened in between that like 50 minute advertisement bump there <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like so frustrating yeah no it, it really is and um and that's that's what made these popular so the fact yeah. that they're just going to slowly take it away is frustrating and just indicative that these companies really aren't trying to disrupt the market they're just trying to be it's, it's cable that, it's it has to be viewed as a huge mistake because they have a giant foothold but i mean we've seen it happen before where something that seems untouchable like a behemoth company like this can lose its footing over something like this that yeah. they didn't need to do yeah it's why people cut the cord in the first place yeah. they just they don't want to see ads i'm a cord cutter yeah me too you know, besides besides the fiber line for my internet yeah that's that's the same thing yeah like i haven't paid a cent towards any kind of cable television in over two years yeah but yeah that's it and hopefully it's just a test they're like i said they're very vehement in saying this is a test so hopefully that they've learned from this test and that'll be the end of that (laughs) hopefully i wonder yeah i do because i fear that people will still use the service because are you gonna not watch netflix Mm. what's the alternative right the same thing you're just gonna go get ads on hulu yeah unless you have your own in-house plex thing but even that's kind of a strange scenario in terms of like how you're getting them and all that stuff so that's neither here nor there but still i mean as opposed to all the monthly services there's nothing else that really beats netflix i would think that if they don't get enough pushback their thoughts would be well people are still using the service and they're not going to go to cable which is worse than this yep yeah plus they might actually benefit from the advertisement of our show because I mean, a lot of Netflix shows are pretty decent. Yeah. Forcing it down your throat is something I don't agree with. Yeah. And I mean, if it's realistically, like if I had to have this forced upon me, like if it is isolated to just Netflix shows, then I don't think that's a huge problem. So, but like if they started throwing in like Walmart ads or like ads for like like a product, then that would be annoying. Right. Um, But yeah, so... There's a couple of clarifications that need to be made here, and uh, I guess we'll find out if they plan on continuing this test or not. So it is what it is. It'll certainly be revisited whenever any updates come out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The Verge uh, has reported that Twitch, on the other hand, 
is not testing this. They are fully rolling out the removal of uh, the, the free no ad tier of their Twitch Prime support. So yeah. anybody with a Twitch Prime membership will lose their ad-free viewing next month. I got this email today, actually. Um, so you can see this article was published at almost 5 p.m. So very recent. Um, so one of the reasons why I think it was good that we waited until Monday, despite the circumstances. <laughs> um, so it's like a silver lining, if you will. Um, but yeah, so they will no longer be including ad-free viewing as of September 14th of this year. Um, I don't know if you have Twitch Prime or not, but I do. I don't. And I kind of enjoyed that ad-free viewing, but at the same time, like, I'm not really watching that much on Twitch. I think the most action that I get on Twitch is this podcast. So <laughs> that and RLCS for me. Yeah, RLCS. Occasionally, I'll like use Shroud streaming uh, yeah. PUBG or something like that. Out of curiosity, I'll see what Ninja's up to. But like, aside yeah. from that, there's not much of a reason to go and check out anybody else. The only thing that stinks is if you get a notification something's happening or yeah. um, one of your friends is streaming, sit there and watch an ad for a minute. It... Yeah. Also, my brother streams, so I watch him as well. Great. Yeah. 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 You want to drop this tag on here? Uh, that is twitch.tv slash aquatic drop for anybody who's interested in watching a gamer. I think he plays Fortnite regularly. So, uh, but he rotates maybe... to a few. Maybe I'll watch him to yeah. see if Fortnite has an appeal to me now. Yeah. Um, you know what? We can, if you want, we can just drop his link in the show notes or something as well. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. Sure. Free little uh, advertisement there for my brother. But um, right. yeah. So that being said, um, yeah. whenever they go to his channel to watch, they will be hit with advertisements. So um, as of is September fourteenth. Is that a four ninety nine monthly subscription for Prime? Is that correct? Um, so. Technically, no. Um, the they, Twitch itself foots that bill for their monthly subscription as a part of Twitch Prime. Um, so what they're doing is they're essentially getting that money back by taking that perk away. So if you want, you'd have to sign up for a service that they now are rolling out at the same time, which is called Twitch Turbo, which is a separate tier, which costs $9 a month. So to me, and knowing that information, it tells me that basically they're upcharging people for the same yeah. service so yeah something that was previously five dollars is now going to be nine dollars and then you won't get ads yeah so they're not collecting that five dollar fee for prime at all? um i don't think so i think at this point it's just now they're um making that money back instead of footing that bill for you okay. so they're kind of breaking even on the ads and then they're saying that the rest of the revenue is going to go towards better supporting Twitch streamers. So that's a good thing. Like yeah. um, they're um, saying that it's going to go back into the platform to help out the people who make Twitch what it is. I'm curious how that works. Yeah. What kind of I don't know, division there is there. Uh, I know that many stream viewers support their streamers directly mm -hmm. through donations. So I wonder how this factors in with like, a contribution to those streamers and yeah. how much they get at that nine dollars and whether it's something they even want when they have a pretty good setup right now yeah because a lot of the twitch streamers will make a good bit of money off of ad revenue itself just people hitting their twitch page and uh, getting hit with an advertisement while they watch the stream 
And on top of that, um, there still is all the old benefits of Twitch Prime. So, like, for example, um, you can still give uh, a favorite streamer of yours a, like, a month of subscription. Like, Amazon will, like, once a month, you'll be able to subscribe for free to any Twitch streamer for one month. So, that's kind of nice. That's um, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it seems that there's some controversy about Fortnite in the chat, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I play it. I don't play it that much, but, um, it is what it is, but uh, to avoid getting into a deeper conversation, um, we'll stick to this. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Sounds good. So I don't like as a Twitch prime user, like I never really like, it's not a huge difference between what. I experienced before and after the only difference is no ads, which is, it's always nice. Like being a YouTube red subscriber, I enjoy the benefits of ad free YouTube and that's why. I would yeah. argue I'm on there way more than Twitch. So that's yeah. like, this is not really an issue for me. Um, but then if you think about it, if YouTube's doing it, is it so bad that Twitch is, or is it just the way they're doing it? That's kind of shady. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who does, but, yeah, we can give our opinions, right? So. Yeah, the one the one thing that I don't like, um, this is on the the Twitch service, is that Twitch Prime is not standalone. So in order to get stand in order to get this, you still need to have Prime, which is still more money going to Amazon. Um, so it yeah. it could just be, and even then, we have recently reported that Amazon is raising the cost of their service as well. So we could argue that this is just an all around price hike for people who really enjoyed all of the benefits of Twitch prime. Um, and at the cost of supporting the streamers, which not a lot of people have had much of a mindset that they're struggling that much. Like sure. Being a streamer is a tough thing to do, but um, I'm not sure if this is going to give us like a night and day difference on their lifestyle. Um, I think so. Probably not. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. Like, what's the point of Twitch Prime now? Yeah, it's just, I mean, you still get like that, I said, that monthly thing where you get um, that one free subscription to support a streamer. On top of that, you also still get the, um, like the random in-game benefits that come with like being a Twitch Prime member. Like there's been some, like, I think there's, if, to go back to Fortnite, there's been some like unique Fortnite skins or whatever that you get if you're a Prime member. There's like some in-game loot for a couple other MOBAs. I think I saw like some League of Legends stuff a little while ago. So like if you're a gamer and you play a lot of those bigger games that are more popular on the streaming network, then it does benefit you. So like there are some, like if I was to go over right now and like click on the little loot, whatever, um, there's like PUBG um, outfits that you can get. There's Warframe stuff you can get. Overwatch uh, crates. Um, there is a RuneScape membership and loot pack. Um, but yeah, so there's benefits if you're a gamer. Um, okay. But like I said, that yeah, it'll 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 be it'll be up. It's gonna take a couple of days before we find out if there's a vocal majority or um, a very loud minority who are pissed off at this. Yeah. yeah, and I'd be curious to see what their Twitch Turbo numbers are over the next few months. Yeah, I again kind of in the same vein as Netflix. My guess is that they're gonna get along just fine and move up with this. Um, yep. You know, obviously, I hope that Netflix doesn't do that, but with Twitch, I feel like 
I could see this definitely moving in this direction and not going any other way. Yeah. That's yeah. just my personal opinion, obviously. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I completely agree. And like, I don't think that people are going to be exactly struggling, but at the same time, like it is what it is. So <laughs> like, we'll, we'll see if, if anybody out there who does stream to Twitch, uh, especially like my brother and uh, Queasy in the chat shouted out um, Fangrush as well. If they wanted to provide feedback on if this impacts their streaming life, then we could report on that later. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to hear from a like notar notable streamer's perspective. Yeah. As opposed to us, the viewer. Yeah, because like we can speculate all day long, but until we see like if it t if it taps into like their actual everyday Twitch streaming like behavior if they get less viewers as a result if they get more subscribers as a result like i don't know and i'd be curious just to like just have their thoughts on it you know yeah and i mean queasy's cousin fangrush is number one elder scrolls online streamer so that's a really big yeah market so to speak so mm -hmm. maybe we can hear something interesting from him yeah yeah definitely i'm always open our twitter is always open facebook messages um, more than happy for some feedback to hear about that. Um, yeah. but, um, we do have some other news to transition away from advertising for a little bit. Uh, Jiffy or Giffy. Um, I personally say it as Jiff. So that's for whoever, um, <laughs> to, that's for whoever wants to, to pronounce it however they want. Um, they're rolling out a redesigned homepage. Um, to capitalize on memorable moments from events that are happening live. So instead of featuring their trending GIFs, it's going to feature stories, which is a new format that they're going to be experimenting with, um, which is going to have awards, TV shows, cultural flashpoints. Um, so they're going to, they started testing it in June and they're going to be, uh, it's going to be updating with a new story every hour on the Giphy page. But it's interesting. I always wondered how Giphy kind of stayed afloat. <laughs> I mean, I think they're just one of the biggest names out there, personally. They have, um, like, plugins for smartphones and different apps you use. Yeah. They've just stayed relevant in that way. And uh, embedding them is pretty seamless, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, this story collections is definitely of interest to me. Um, I don't know. It's always nice to stay fresh. I, I love gifs and i do say gif and yeah. uh i'm just gonna alternate just to piss chat off <laughs> well we can, we can reflect on this if you want because I'll, I'll reference what sparked my change because i used to be a giffer okay i was and then i had a individual named lauren who uh, used to work with me in an old company and he fought me vehemently on this and told me that it's pronounced gif and if i didn't believe him to check out and google it so i googled it and apparently the inventor of the graphics interchange format, uh, Steve Wilhite, uh, he declared it should be pronounced GIF, like the brand of peanut butter, rather, mm -hmm. rather than with a hard G sound. The running joke was, choosy programmers choose GIF. <laughs> <laughs> Not moms like you. Choosy nope. programmers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just going to alternate. So... Um, 
but yeah, so apparently, uh, back to the story, Giphy's editorial team is the only one curating the stories, which is interesting that it's being like hand curated by them. Um, so they're creating all GIF recaps of this year's season finale of The Bachelorette. I don't know Ooh. if you've been following that one, but that's a hot story this year. <laughs> I've been following that one and running in the exact opposite direction. Yeah. If by following you mean running away, then yes. Yes, um, exactly. But yeah, and it's and they have a collection of the best gifs for your summer out of office emails. So, if you want to spice yes. up those office outlook emails, then there you go. Yeah, if you want to stay professional and fabulous, then throw some gifs in your out of office emails. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's just it's cool, like the the fact that they're just trying to stay relevant because it's really hard for a, a gif based website to stay relevant especially when their only platform is like just free. Like I always wondered like how they made money, like what they did to make money. And I, I just don't, I, I, ne I still don't fully understand it. It must just be a lot of ad revenue that they get from people just visiting the site to pull GIFs from it. But um, the Giphy VP of product, Caroline Huber, I don't know what their product is besides GIFs, but uh, told VentureBeat in an email that they started developing stories back in April, but it's been rolling since June. Um, so I've noticed that Giphy has been a lot more like on point with like recent stuff lately. Um, but at the same time, I almost never go to Jiffy's homepage to search for like a specific GIF. I always go and like, I'm always searching for it, you know, I don't know. I don't know what your use case is like. My use case is more like there's a situation unfolding in some sort of chat and I, mm -hmm can think of a, like a scene or something in my mind that would fit beautifully if I could put it in GIF format. And I use a text search to find some things like it or exactly like it, and I contribute that. And usually there's a good reception. Yeah. It's for... It's a, gr it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah. When you drop a really relevant GIF into a chat. Yeah. And it just bursts into flames. Yeah. <laughs> the whole chat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no. it happens with us on a basis There's it does at least, like 10 gifs exchanged yeah and like it's a whole different form of communication like it's just another layer of comprehension of a topic but i do have to say that ever since i got this pixel 2 xl um i usually do them inline and i don't believe that jiffy is the source i get them from anymore yeah i don't know in, in facebook chat i know that they're a viable option i've used that but mm -hmm. i'm not a huge fan of their interface um facebook's but uh well jiffy's integration into facebook chat okay yeah. but uh i don't know maybe stories have changed that it, yeah. i mean well i mean I, you'll eventually be able to make your own gifts like your own stories to I have kinda, i kind of kind of do yeah yeah like not not in jiffy but yeah if that's an idea giphy is going to be the social media platform of the future there's going to be no words shared on the platform it's just all going to be gifs if everywhere there's a, if there's a, like a source like a, okay how can i put this if there's an environment of like source media and a way to create your own gif and then a way to publish it to a story all in one platform and people use that in mm -hmm. social media i think this is going to be great yeah i'm yeah. tired of going to like create your meme.com to make a stand standstill one like obviously gifs are way better than memes yeah meme generator or whatever yeah yeah ex exactly mm. yeah no gifs are the future for sure um yeah. 
But yeah, I, I just they have apparently they have 300 million daily active users, which I had no idea that that many people <laughs> were on Giphy daily sharing GIFs with all their friends. That's insane. Yeah. That's 300 million. Yeah, I wonder like if they'd like be able to embed something in the the Giphy link for like when it's shared with people, if they're able to kind of collect any metadata on like where people are sharing gifts the most often or you know like that, that would that would be like the entire population of the united states using their platform every day yeah yeah 300 million yeah. active users yeah this is nuts this is actually crazy <laughs> and all they're doing is just trying to spice up their work chats or like <laughs> make jokes with their friends <laughs> that's all they're that, doing that shows you the appeal of it there's that many users and i'd I mean, the stories thing is taking off with like Snapchat and Instagram. Um, so to see someone kind of come out of left field, so to speak, and try and dive into this realm of user stories mm-hmm. in a different way, like a, a way where you can create your content and post it in the same platform. Mm-hmm. I know you can do that in other ways in Instagram and Snapchat, but this this seems pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what this does for giphy and what this does to the gif economy yeah. to be able to see how this transitions into people being able to share more gifs with their friends so by the way props on the alter alternating <laughs> pronunciations because you've been doing great <laughs> i'm trying to be a middleman here uh, when talking about gifs i don't want to like i don't want to feed into one side of the gif argument too you hard. know what i'd like i have some homework for one of our users whoever takes it upon themselves i love you to to divide this conversation into Matt saying GIF or GIF and put those statements on one side and then create two separate separate timelines opposing each other. Yeah. It's like <laughs> when I flip-flopped, just like catch all the times that I flip-flopped. That'll be used in debates if I ever decide to go into politics in the future. Like oh, This man gosh. could not decide on the pronunciation of GIF. It's like this person, it's pronounced with a G, not a Excuse J. Me, Don't you mean GIF? Yeah, excuse me, sir. Do you spell GIF with a J or GIF with a G? <laughs> That'll be the hot topic of the 2030 election. <laughs> Just your way ahead of your game. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a visionary. I'm trying, but yeah. um, yeah, we got some uh some other stuff to talk about besides pronunciation of GIF slash GIF. Some GIFy and, GIF uh, GIFs and some hacky <laughs> hack hacks. <laughs> Hacky hack hack is about right. Yeah. Um, it's exactly right. A 16-year-old hacked Apple servers. Yes, that is the Apple you're thinking of. And stored the data in a folder named nothing else but hacky hack hack. Yeah. Which, you know, is not suspicious at all. Um, this was an Australian teenager who repeatedly hacked Apple servers and downloaded 90 gigabytes of secure files. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this is an so, accurate photo of what all hackers look like, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. It's true. Um, they, they wear hoodies and they have no soul or face. They have darkened out faces. They they wear those black, um, they, those like morph suits underneath. So you yeah. can't see any of their facial features. Yeah. And they're surrounded by binary. They are. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows this. It's common knowledge. Uh, but yeah, so... so he hacked it multiple times too, and the fact that a 16-year-old was able to do this to the company that claims to be protecting your privacy with like top-notch security, like it's just kind of funny that like 
They were it's it's like the the reports on the voting machines that we did back when DefCon was happening, where every single voting machine was cracked in under two minutes. Like, it's just the fact that a sixteen year old can get through and get so, into this information is kind of funny. Here are the the notable points for me, the highlights. He is sixteen. Mm-hmm. He's Australian. He hacked their mainframe computer multiple times from his personal home because he was a fan of the iPhone maker company and dreamt of working for Apple. Because that's what you do when you want to work for a company. You hack it, right? I mean, in a way, I can understand that, but, like, no. Maybe he was was trying to just drop his resume off into their... What secure final like, list. He was like, he was downloading resumes to see what everyone else was putting in, and then he made it based off that. Yeah, they don't tell you that it was just him trying to put his resume there. His <laughs> 16 <laughs> separate just, attempts. He's just trying to get ahead. It's tough <laughs> in Australia. Yeah, it's hard to send emails when you're upside down. Yeah, there's a hole in the ceiling for when the water flies out of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. He got access to authorized keys that would grant access to user accounts to anybody, and they're extremely secure keys. Um, Apple identified the hacks and reported them to the FBI and Australian Federal Police, uh, and then the 16-year-old's home was raided, and they found that the software used for hacking was installed on this laptop. Yeah, and it was all in a folder, including the instructions for how to hack, and it's called Hacky Hack Hack. He hacked the Apple mainframe server with two Apple laptops. Yeah, of course. If that's not brand dedication. I don't know what is. The calls are coming from inside the house. Yep. <laughs> it's um, a Hacky Hack Hack from the Outback on a Mac. So. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh it's just because I didn't let you do transitions this episode. <laughs> I have to run. I have to get away with something else. Some kind of bad joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so this 16-year-old, um, he didn't just download secured files, but he also accessed several customer accounts, which is, you know, crossing that line from curiosity to you messed up kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's gaining notoriety because this was not an easy undertaking for most. Um and he saved his instructions and all of the hack data in a folder named Hacky Hack Hack. What else? Where else yeah. would you put this? Um, you know. They said they're going to announce it, the, the results of this next week. And at the timing of this article being published, that puts us at the 24th of August. Um, so by that time, we w- probably will be able to follow up on this in our next episode. Yeah, uh, as I would well. Think so. Yeah, um, um, but that's it's just interesting the fact that like a 16 year old was able to crack Apple. Maybe yeah. they'll start I to get their processes. That. Yeah. Although, I guess it's becoming easier. I guess they didn't because he got they say he got access to authorized keys, but I don't I wasn't able to find anything on the specifics of how he was able to do the attacks. Um, if it was like a phishing attempt or like. I don't know what he did specifically. Um, so I'd be curious to uh, get those details as well. Maybe detail exactly like just kind of to go over like what he did exactly. Like, I don't know. Just just for my own knowledge and for a friend. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, yeah. Um, how just, does he do it? Just uh, adding a little couple details here too. Um, so after they found out, you know, they did investigation. They found the hacking software on his laptop. Um, he apparently had used WhatsApp to communicate his offense to his peers. I guess bragging. Um, so they th- those communications were detected, um, and Apple eventually detected that he was within their mainframe and uh, blocked him. Um, but it's just it's it's interesting to think not only that a 16 year old was capable of doing this but also to kind of like the painting the picture of who this individual was that he would brag about it on whatsapp afterwards Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and that would like incriminate him yeah i mean he's being tried in uh you know a court for juveniles Mm -hmm. um, children's court as it's called so we'll see the outcome of this but it's just interesting to think about that and you know how capable just about anyone is of executing something like this when they have instructions readily available to them yeah whenever you say children's court i can't help but think of like a court just full of children under the age of 10 like running the whole thing like the bailiff and <laughs> like the judge itself is like a that 13 was, year old that was a joke in something that some was a show. that was a john oliver thing that's what it was yeah, yeah. that was good yeah, they had um, like real people tried by three-year-olds because they were making it was the whole political thing with the separating kids from family. Um, but the skit they ran, that little bit was hilarious that they ran. Um, yeah. So they do a good job. It's like immigration court, but everybody was two-year-olds or three-year-olds. <laughs> That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Take it. Take us into the next one. Okay. You, uh, you know a little more than I yeah do. so um we've all seen like the prime day deals with flash storage getting cheaper and cheaper S- sd cards are getting cheaper and cheaper you can get a 128 gigabyte sd card now for like 40 bucks on amazon um and analysts are saying that with that knowledge uh we are headed for a flash memory price crash um so anybody looking to build a new computer with the with the next topic that we have coming out on top of this, it may be a pretty good time to look into that because NVMe and NAND SSDs are going to be getting pretty cheap. Um, so the rumor is is that they could drop at, in as early as 2019 all the way down to $0.08 cents a gigabyte, Jeez. which is very cheap. Um, it is extremely cheap. Uh, so there is a huge surplus of NAND flash memory going on right now. Um, so they're saying it's going to be a crash, if not a full-on collapse. Um, and even without a collapse, the downturn will be the, the biggest price correction in the history of semiconductor products. So I'm just going to run a just a quick calculator thing here real quick. And if we're looking at hey. a f- if we're looking at a five, what? Great minds think alike. Hey, are you doing that too? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if we were going to do like a five terabyte um, SSD... <laughs> Then we are looking at four hundred dollars. I think is that right? Yeah, for a five terabyte SSD. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> That's mind blowing. That is a yes. server. And to give you, you know, some background, I bought a one terabyte uh, M.2 SSD drive 
about a year ago, I would say, maybe mm -hmm. a year and a half. Um, and that was over a thousand dollars for one terabyte. Yep. Yeah. And this would not more importantly, this would make SSDs competitive with hard disk drives, which is something that we've never seen before. Um, pretty much up until now, because NAND flash prices right now are hovering around 30 cents per gigabyte, according to this article. And a 66% dip was what they're predicting would bring SSDs pretty much right into that range. Um, and this is saying that it could cause some issues for manufacturers of some of the more well-known hard disk drive companies like Seagate or Western Digital. So this could have like a nice ripple effect through the entire hard drive space, forcing like intense competition from everybody. Um, so I don't, I'm like, it's something to be concerned about if you're a Western Digital employee or if you are um, plan or if you just purchased a large quantity of hard disk drives when you could have bought an SSD. But um, it might be worth might be worth your while to wait till next year um, to check and see if you can either do some upgrades to your server or uh get some extra backup solutions because having enough because that, that's this i would argue this is like uh toilet paper or q-tips or something essential like you can never have enough space you can actually never have enough storage um in any of your systems be it a phone be it whatever like i just purchased like a 256 gigabyte sd card for my switch just because I don't want to run out of space. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know if this is going to sway you to buy one, Jeff, or not. But um, It just might, Matt. It yeah. just might. <laughs> it just might. It's exciting. I'm to hunt for another one. So. Yeah. So um, Seagate shares are currently around 51.42 as of the timing of this article. Um, and there was a... Um, like there was an an analyst from Goldman Sachs who said to the register that this cannibalization of other companies from this NAND price drop could tank the stocks down to $44 a share. So this is a substantial ripple. This is more like a wave across the, the whole industry. Um, scary stuff if you're invested in um, platter storage and hard disk drives. But if you're invested in NAND or if you want to be upgrading your SSD, maybe get yourself a nice NVMe drive for your um, desktop, then this may be something you want to look into. And come 2019, um, right around the time for the next article that we have to talk about. I don't know if you want to jump into that one, but I am thoroughly excited to talk about this new set of GPUs sure. that we have. So I can lead it off. Okay. Um, Oh, I'd love for you to jump in as soon as you're ready. Yeah, man. But um, NVIDIA has announced its fastest GeForce card, which is the RTX 2000 GPU, mm -hmm. um, which is boasting six times more performance uh, as well as uh, ray tracing. Mm -hmm. So a new breath of life for NVIDIA uh, at a good time for them. Um, yeah. Over the past year or so, we've seen some incredible spikes in the prices of GPU due to cryptocurrency, um, mm -hmm. you know, whether you call that a fad or um, enthusiasts jumping in on that. But now that that's sort of seemed to die down a little bit, they have this new 
uh, line of cards coming out, which seem really, really awesome and promising in terms of its specs and what we're hearing about from the um, creators of those cards. Um, yeah. These things are monsters. Yeah, that's... I don't know what else to say besides uh, yeah. that. <laughs> so, like, um, just just for just for a starter here, um, if you're currently an owner of a NVIDIA Titan X graphics card, simply upgrading to the 2070 will give you a ballpark six times, like, 6x improvement on your graphics capabilities. Um, and that's going from a $1,000 card to a card that's going to retail at $599. So... That is right in itself a massive improvement off of any of the current base cards that you that we have available right now. Um, just to kind of walk through the spec sheets of the 2080 Ti, which is going to retail at right around probably this um, $1, yeah $1,200. Yeah, so um, so I'm going to compare it to the 1080 Ti as well. So. This is running the Turing architecture, which is their new GPU architecture. Uh, it's got a boost clock of 1635 megahertz overclocked, 11 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory, and 14 gigs of memory speed, um, as opposed to only 1582 megahertz of boost clock with 11 gigs of GDDR5X and only 11 gigs of memory speed. So it's a market improvement over the existing cards. Um, the 2080 features an 1800 megahertz um, overclock speed, um, eight gigabytes and 14 gigabytes as well. So the same memory speed for both. Um, it's just the same across the board. 2070 is also the same thing. Um, but they are the first consumer level cards. We saw earlier that they had announced the, the Quadro cards, but these things are going to be monster cards. And they showed um, what you had mentioned a little bit earlier was the, the ray tracing capabilities of these graphics cards. Right. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the concept of the ray tracing, um, but basically what it allows them to do is um, using artificial intelligence and advancements in uh, graphics computation, just to put it as like simply as possible, is they're able to get things like dynamic shadows and lighting effects uh, completely built within the graphics card with no work done from the um, the game developer. So with zero work from let's say like the like for example just the creators of Fortnite or, or Battlefield or whatever, like they just have to put a light point somewhere and the graphics card itself will handle all of the light physics as it bounces off surfaces and hits reflections and does all that stuff. And some of the videos that they have running in this is like, actually, it's just incredible. Like what these things are going to be capable of. Um, and I, and like, we can, we can hype these up all we want. Um, the, for example, so you can pre-order them today if you wanted. Um, they're going to be available on September 20th. And I think on the, 26th i think is what they said well it'll be in shelves um so it is going to the 2070 will start at 499 the 2080 will be 699 and the 2080 ti will be 999 um that's the 
that was the base price they've since bumped so the ones that we talked about earlier um the 11.99 but um the 11.99 the founders editions yeah founders editions right yeah that was my mistake (laughs) um but yeah those will ship on september 20th as well um and they're saying that a lot of these cards are built primarily for overclocking as well um so this is going to be considered just like the future of cards they can render in native 8k um and some of the game trailers they were running in the benchmarks they were showing 4k 60 fps at like full load which is impressive so i'm like i'm thoroughly impressed for these things and this is just proof that and they've been working on this technology for a decade so this is proof that they're really putting research into this so i think the question that not only myself but i think many listeners would ask is is this worth it for me to upgrade my card to this one yeah for the price point and Um, i mean personally speaking i have a 1080 ti founders edition that i purchased for over a thousand dollars like a year and a half ago yeah and hearing about this it makes me want to sell mine and (laughs) same let me just preface (laughs) by saying same that being said, um, I'm going to take the cautious route and wait for consumer benchmarks like a smart person <laughs> when someone yep. who has a little more patience should. Um, I, uh, I have no reason to upgrade at the moment, but um, I think that just what these things are capable of. It looks like with the with the ray tracing turned on, it's, it's literally a toggle. So with these games that are coming out, it'll still work on old GPUs and it'll still look great. But um, this GPU will essentially allow you to just toggle the ray tracing capabilities, um, which just it, it looks like it almost makes the games run better because it's less work on the game itself and more just what the GPU is handling. So for the games I've played at one point, it was CPU throttling that was bugging me. My you must CPU have been playing was... World of Tanks. I was not. I was actually playing uh, Ark Survival Evolved and okay. Max Graphics, and oh. my CPU was the roof. Your poor um, computer. This was on an old computer. Okay. You catch that. Um, <laughs> so I bought a new rig. I bought all the parts. I put it together, and I ran it, and it looked glorious after I did that. Um, but the game was a little slower, even though it was amazing looking, and my computer didn't complain about it, and I had no issues. I'm wondering if I use something like this now that my CPU is no longer an issue. If I use something like a 2080 Ti Founders <laughs> Edition and run that same game at maximum graphics, is it just going to be like buttery smooth? Um, I think so the lighting will for sure. That's yeah. for sure. Which is a, a big part of what slows down a lot of games. Yeah, and also like just from. Like I didn't realize. Like I thought I thought graphics up to this point were great, and then I watched some of these benchmark videos, and I was just like, "Wow, this yeah. is a whole new level." Like everything that I've seen up until now sucks, and I need to move on with my life to see these much better things. And um, right now, I have on the screen like a difference. It's a just a regular screenshot. It's nothing too crazy of like just some differences that you'll be able to see from ray tracing. Um, you can just see how the lighting is a little smoother and how the um, reflections are a little more crisp and there's less work being done by the graphics card. Um, and there are trailers that they have on their website, which we will also have in the show notes, which show the ray tracing at work. Um, 
they invented a new word as well. Um, <laughs> they have um, they're measuring not in teraflops but in giga rays. So that's something to make note of. I have I have no idea what giga rays really translates to. I didn't get a chance to watch that aspect of the stream. It was mostly just on the capabilities itself of the cards. Um, but yeah, they don't list the traditional floating point operations that GPUs have had before. It's now, um, they're calling them RTX ops. Um, so it's an average of the card's performance across operations like shading, ray tracing, um, and giga rays per second, which is apparently just how well they can trace rays. So, um, so that, that kind of makes sense to me when you have a new architecture and you're trying to measure its performance, but I, it's just weird how you would match that up to another vendor. Mm -hmm. Um, what, where's that conversion table? Yeah. You know, but, um, clearly the card is performing very well and yeah. It looks like it's just like a software switch that the developer will have to include in their uh, game. Where if it's if it detects it's a card running something that's capable of ray tracing, then they just toggle that feature and then it offloads all the lighting effects onto the GPU. Yeah. So, which, which is impressive. Is great. That's what it's there for. Yeah, because yeah, like, and they I, I didn't realize how difficult lighting was until this. Um, until that, that was one thing that this keynote was great for demonstrating oh was God. just how much of a pain this is for developers lighting um, is a constant complex calculation yeah. based on the environment of the game which is already complex yeah and they were talking about things just like mentioning that like these cards um are able to do the work of basically dozens of hours of just sheer rendering power and work done from multiple lighting points and like fake shadows and um just just like and a lot of times like they can only work with fixed shadows like dynamic shadows always look like crap in games um so basically it's it is what it is but i'm excited to um to see the consumer re reviews and reports come out about these um I can't wait to see consumer reviews on photo and video editing software and, um, you know, like Photoshop, Lightroom, things like that. What kind of performance changes they see when rendering and things like that. Mm -hmm. Cause it's one thing to play a game where the environment is, is what it is. And like the players are the variables. And it's another thing when you're creating that variable based on what you want to manipulate. Yeah. Um, I think this could be pretty cool for someone in that field. Yeah. And one thing that I did want to bring up that um, is going to be definitely on the forefront of gaming this year as well as next year, since these are coming out in, what, the third quarter of 2018. So not many games uh, I would anticipate would be immediately capable of RTX like enhancements. Right. Um, so, for example, I think in 2019... Right around the time all the hard drives crash, um, I think it'll be uh, a good time to experience 4K gaming. I think this is going to really push the boundary on 4K gaming, um, considering yeah. these are able to shrug off 4K HDR, and yeah. they're capable of 8K. So the 4K and should be a breeze for them. 4K displays that are huge are cheaper than like a 42-inch 1080p display was mm -hmm. 10 years ago 
Yeah, so everything's getting price cheaper. Points, yeah, it's constantly dropping. And yep. for gaming monitors, especially, um, you know, where they don't have so much screen real estate, those are getting more and more affordable. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that's the direction it's going. We're starting to see uh, 4K computer monitors dip below 1,000 uh, for the first time ever. A lot of the higher end 4K monitors. Um, on top of that, we're also seeing um, 4K HDR capable monitors being announced as well. There's only a few of them, but it's the beginning of a new market. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's like, I, I think this is going to be like a whole new era in terms of gaming and uh, graphics power as well. Just because like, and, and especially in the rendering space and the professional realm, um, these, uh, I don't know if we didn't exactly go over the Quadro cards just because they're not a consumer card so I, there's not much reason for people to get them but <laughs> the for example the quadro 8000 which is their highest end um, turing capable rtx quadro card that is going to have a 48 gigabyte memory um, bit hash i think is the correct term i could be butchering that but um, it's going to have 48 gigs of memory dedicated to just sheer rendering so that card is a $10,000 card. So it's only going to be used in like render farms and um, high-end things where a lot of calculations are needed. Yeah. Um, but it's those things are like monstrously yeah. powerful. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of supercomputer systems are built using NVIDIA GPUs as opposed to your typical CPU-based Mm -hmm. server blades um and they can outperform the heck out of those yeah so, and we even talked about last week or the week before that tesla used nvidia gpus to run their ai for the radar detection and their self-driving capabilities so well, they did yeah. yeah they did yeah but they still do but not forever yeah, yeah. if this is what nvidia is capable of i'd be curious to see what tesla's come out with for theirs the specs on that but that's that's purpose-built that's not consumer like these are yes this is very different yeah but. these are all the, anywhere from consumer to commercial if you want to spend ten thousand dollars on a render farm or if you want to spend twelve hundred dollars on the strongest consumer graphics card to date by more than 10x yeah. so well. it's it's impressive <laughs> um but like i said i, I wouldn't suggest purchasing them uh, if you've pre-ordered it, that's great, um, and I'm sure you'll have an awesome time with that card, but um, I would definitely stress waiting until more consumer reviews come out um, and just kind of getting an idea, because these things always perform wonderfully in um, the benchmarks and what they show in these keynotes, but it really is going to take someone getting it shipped to them and running it in their own personal rig under whatever stress test they want to give it to truly I mean see. I think we both remember the Intel i7 7700K with mm -hmm. the overheating and overclocking. Mm -hmm. where it just fried the chip. And yeah. they basically were like, well, we don't guarantee that it's going to work if you overclock it. I yeah. can see the same thing happening here. Yeah. These uh, ones are purpose. A lot, a lot of times, like they're, the big thing with the 2080, just as a clarification, was overclocking. So like they were hyping that up, like overclock the crap out of this. Go for it. Just gun yeah. it out. So... Um, it's a bit of a different stance from Intel, which is important, but yeah, it's, I, I'd wonder what those temperatures are going to be like when you do that. They didn't talk anything really about that. 
I mean, is it going to get to a point where a system requirement is to have an, a cooling system built into it? And to have a fire extinguisher next to your computer? If I'm not mistaken, I think a lot of these cards have their own cooling capabilities, but like yeah. other than the fans. But, um, you know, it might get to a point where it says, yeah, you need to, you know, cool this thermally with a water cooling system, yeah. if not better. Yeah, it's like store this computer in your freezer for maximum <laughs> for maximum graphics capabilities yeah and you're not getting a uh, macbook out of it you're getting a nvidia card yeah absolutely <laughs> just an nvidia card but um but yeah so it's going to be 599 for the founders edition 2070 799 for the 2080 and 1199 for the 2080 ti at current prices so if you're interested pick one up if you're not interested, wait till consumer reviews and make your own opinion. If you are interested in even cheaper graphics cards, I would imagine this would drive down the 10 series and the 9 series even further. Oh, so yeah. um, if you're looking to pick up a cheap Titan or a cheap 1080 Ti SLI graphics card set, then now may be the perfect time to do that. So you got to weigh the benefits here. Do you want a 2070 or do you want two 1080s? So, right. so we'll see. Depending on how cheap they get, I may either SLI or upgrade, but we'll see. But, All right. Yeah. Um, unless you had anything else to say, I think that pretty much closes us out for our NVIDIA bonanza. That's all I had to say about NVIDIA. I did want to chime in for a second here before we get into our plugs about uh, oh, social media activity. Chime away. Week. Yeah, so we had um, actually someone like one of our posts regarding our show going live and requested we talked about cool apps for android um unfortunately due to time constraints we weren't able to do that this week because we had our topics picked ahead of time however we did want to let you know that we are going to look into that this week and bring our best to the table next week yeah so we appreciate your feedback and we love the activity on twitter and any forms of social media yeah so please keep it coming yeah, and I'll I'll get into that in a second as well. But um, uh, if you do like what you hear, um, we stress that you would be so kind as to drop us a review on one of iTunes, Podbean, or Stitcher, um, and you can do so at the links provided in our show notes. Um, and just searching for our podcast, we should come up pretty quickly. I think we may be one of the only ones if you search for the exact name. Um, but those Very reviews, nice. yeah, right at the top. But those reviews do help us provide more quality content to you guys. Um, it helps us know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. So it not only benefits us, but it benefits you. Uh, so it, like, it's not begging. It's just we want to make this better for you. So, um, But that being said, if you have a friend that you wanted to refer to us to, um, if you want, just tell one friend that you like. If you like this, tell a friend. And if you dislike this, tell two friends. Um and if you want, you can tell them to find us on pretty much any platform that offers you fine podcasting material, such as Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, um, and literally anywhere. You can go to like TuneIn Radio and Pandora, probably. Uh, just just give it a whirl. We're probably there. Um, ask your Google Home. Ask your Amazon device. We'll show up. Um, that is not a joke. You yeah. can actually ask them to play, say, hey, blank, play the latest episode of Industry 4.0, yep. Industry 4.0, and it will come up. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And um, if you realize that that doesn't work and you want to talk to us and express your distaste for it, or if you want to share some neat stuff to talk about or even request stuff for the next show, you can reach out to us on any of our social media platforms, uh, particularly Twitter is our most active one at this time. Uh, but we also do check our Facebook messages regularly as well as um, try to find good content to post there as well. Um, so all of our episodes get posted there for sure. But um, Twitter is definitely the most active for keeping up with things like if we do have a delay like today. So, um, yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess while we're talking on the subject, too, we're, we're bouncing around some ideas. Um, we're thinking about things like. Uh, a newsletter to go out weekly, maybe bi-weekly um, about tech news and highlights and thinking about things as trivial as maybe like a sticker, bumper sticker or something like that if people are interested. Um, <laughs> Jackets. You know, just, we, we want what the fan base wants. So please, please be vocal and let us know. Yeah, for sure. Um and with that, I think that does bring us to the end of the episode. It does. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but all good things must come to an end. Okay. Um, but yeah, this has been episode 64. And uh, thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next week.